We're back for another 99th episode as we count down the 25 best video games, according to uh, Business Insider. So today is my birthday. We're recording on my birthday. Happy birthday, Paul. In honor of me, I would like to pause for 20 seconds so all of our listeners can sing happy birthday to me. I don't really want to take away 20 seconds, but... Yeah, that's... um... You can sing over us. You better not have stopped singing just because I started talking again. That's rude. It's okay if you haven't sang. Trust me. (laughs) <laughs> you know, so I I never sing happy birthday. I don't sing. Never. Uh, so you, you yeah. just you refuse to. It's like your yeah. your son's birthday. Sorry, son. You're gonna have to hum it to yourself. Everybody else sings. If it was just me and him, like if it was just me and my wife and him or something like that, I would I would sing. But I don't I don't generally sing. So at birthday parties where everybody's singing, I don't sing. Then if you get that person that's like sing, I'd give them a dirty look. You're like the guy at the end of Elf who won't sing the Christmas song, and you make Santa's sled crash. Mm, no, nah, I would sing then, because it's for a purpose. Sometimes you gotta sacrifice yourself. I'm definitely a very self-sacrificing person, so I would sing in that case. Mm. Because I don't want Santa's sled to crash. I well, would just cause property damage. Maybe that there's some birthday fairy that is about to crash out of their UFO, because you won't sing well, it's my birthday today, so screw them. Well, nobody sings. Do you don't sing own. "Happy Birthday" on your own birthday, so it's not relevant to today. <laughs> Sometimes I do. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> Happy Birthday to me, all alone. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there someday. I have aspirations. So all off right. of that subject, you can um, do it. <laughs> we, we're doing our our. Top 25 of the top 50 games of all time, according to uh, Business Insider, who, of course, is you know video game experts. You're truly selling this with your excitement. <laughs> I'm very excited. I love Business Insider. I did completely know what it is. So uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, I mean, for me, when I want to get some hot video game news, I go to Business Insider. You're welcome, yeah. businessinsider.com, for this free plug. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is part two. We started this last week where we found a article that has ranked by aggregate score across different review platforms, the top 50 video games of all time. And this article is from 2017, so it's not going to have any recent hotness in it, which we kind of thought was good because it wouldn't be skewed to anything of the moment, but is going to probably be more focused on more timeless things. Yeah, recency bias is definitely a thing when you're thinking about what you know how video video games impacted you. Yeah, yeah. So we like the picking this list was kind of arbitrary. It was a Google search, uh, and it was the when we decided on fifty, we actually like we found a list of a hundred. Decided that'd be too much to talk about, and we're just going to do the bottom half of that list. But then I searched for fifty, and I looked through this list, and honestly, like the video games made sense, so that's why we chose it. Yeah. So as far as order stuff like that, if it's missing anything. Who cares? Move on. <laughs> and I went back and looked last night. I had played 10 of the first 25 video games. Which I don't think is bad at all. Like, I mean, unless you're, you know, 
that's all you do is play games. Like, I haven't yeah. played a lot of these. So they, only... And between the two of us, we actually covered it pretty darn well. Yeah, there was only two games that I had never heard of. One was that, like, World of Goo, and yeah. then some other one. Yeah. Uh, so before we move on to the top 25, because of last week, I went out and bought Skyrim. Because I had played it, I think I talked about this last week, but I had played it some on my PS3 before it died. And then when it died, I never went back to it. And eventually I got a PS4. And I fondly remembered certain things about it. So I went and bought Skyrim. I put it in, let it load up and all that. And I start to play it. And I see Bethesda come on the screen. I go, ah, crap. (laughs) And I start playing it. I'm like, this is exactly like Fallout 4, just with a different world. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I'm just like, I've played Fallout 4 and tried to get into it twice. And I played it for a while, and both times I played it, eventually it just got tedious. So I'm really wondering if um, if Skyrim is going to be better than that, or if Skyrim is going to fall into the same uh, hole of tediousness of, oh, look, I care, I'm carrying too many things, i got to choose what to dump. Hmm. Stuff like that. So. so I've had the opposite experience, where... I've played Skyrim through twice. I played it through when it first came out for the 360, and then I got it again, the enhanced or deluxe version, whatever, for the Xbox One, and mm-hmm. played it again through uh, on that system. Though Fallout 4, I've never been able to get into it. For some reason, okay. it just... Oh, see, that that's reassuring to me that you played through Skyrim and, and struggled with Fallout. So that, that, that tells me it's worth giving Skyrim. Because I, I honestly, like I start playing, I'm like, I'm not even sure if I should give this a shot or not. Not because, like, even Fallout 4, I don't think it's a bad game. It just, like, I don't have that kind of time to sink into something. And the game just strikes me as okay. But Skyrim, I'm guessing, better story? Uh, I don't really know. I can't really compare. It had a good story. Uh, yeah, I guess that that was the answer I was looking for. Oh, okay, all right. The story's uh... good. <laughs> Yeah, the the story's good, but I think where Skyrim really exceeds is that the main core story is actually a fairly minor part of the game. And there are very long, big side quests that you can get into that are very involved. And so a lot of the fun for me was doing all these side quests where you have side quests that are much more involved than you know go pick 10 flowers for the local lady or or whatever like that there is a lot of uh very very involved side quests for that um to the point where they're almost just separate main quests and Mm -hmm. i like that about it okay cool well i'll definitely give it more of a shot because luckily i just used store credit on it anyway so i wouldn't be super guilty if uh I decided it wasn't worth it, but I'll give it more of a shot. I'm just right now I'm trying to decide too, because I've kind of been just stalled on video games altogether. And I think that I would be best served to uh, push into Breath of the Wild, Zelda Breath of the Wild, Mm. instead of, um, you know, just starting on every new thing that I come across. Because I have that one. I have Link's Awakening, uh, which was from the uh, Game Boy. Uh, it's a remake for the the Switch, and then they just came out with a remake of Skyward Sword, which I've never played. So I think that's what I might do is start digging into Zelda because I don't want to get Skyward Sword until I've played at least through Breath of the Wild. So, anyways, okay, let's on to the list. On to the work list to do. 
All right, so we're going to start with number 25, and this is Mass Effect 2. I've played this a little bit on the PlayStation 3 before it died, and I liked it, but I also I don't I didn't stick through it. I played all of Mass Effect 1. There was a time when anyone anything that uh it was this is BioWare, right? I put believe so. Yeah. There was a time when anything BioWare put out, I would make because BioWare made the Baldur's Gate games that I was such a huge fan of that was earlier up on the list that were old computer games. And then they transitioned over to Xbox games or console games and they made Dragon Age and Mass Effect. And I think it's a similar kind of thing. It's actually really similar to what we're talking about of Fallout versus Elder Scrolls. It's basically you've got your sci-fi version and you've got your fantasy version. And it seems like the games are fairly similar. It's just, do you want the sci-fi version of the game or the fantasy version of the game? And I had a lot of fun with Mass Effect 1, but I never picked it up and continued with any more than that. I think... I just prefer fantasy games as a setting. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny because, like, uh, in you know, genres in general, like, I, I, I definitely like stuff that has sci-fi or fantasy aspects, but I never, like, I've never been a big fan of, like, pure sci-fi, pure fantasy. Like, both of those things, it's like, they're okay, but they're just, like, not quite for me. And now that you said, I'm trying to think about, like, how I feel about it with video games. I think I probably prefer fantasy in video games. I think it's more fun to play fantasy Sci-fi always feels, I don't know, like, bogged down action, maybe? Hmm. It's like it gets too caught up in trying to to be deep sometimes. I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I never thought about that that much. And I'm trying to think, because I, I mean, like, Zelda's fantasy, but, like, the Zelda games don't exactly play like fantasy. They're not, you know, they're like, they, they, they're rooted enough in action that they're more like an action game with fantasy story elements and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, they're almost more fantastical than fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's kind of, I mean, I was just, you know, I, I know I feel that way about, like, books and movies. Fantasy and sci-fi, I think, both get so, they push so far into what makes them them. You know, building the story, building this world. But I think fantasy builds more of a, the, a world of characters, and sci-fi gets more into, you know... Here's what science did to us. Now, mm. let me introduce you to these 20 characters that will not be flushed out more than their function. I don't know. Something like that. Maybe I'm totally okay. off. But... All right. Let's 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 move on so we have a I, I have judged Mass Effect 2 enough. <laughs> okay. uh, number 24 is Tekken 3. This goes back to the days when I enjoyed fighting games. I do not enjoy them anymore because of how they're structured. And they're too complicated. Um, I don't like fighting games anymore because you have to pay for everything and your purpose of playing them is to beat other people before you played to beat other people. And when you won, you unlocked hidden characters or hidden costumes or stuff like that. And I thought that, like that was more of an incentive to keep playing a fighting game to me. I've never been a huge fan of fighting games and I have never played Tekken. Tekken's a good fighting game. There's not a whole lot more to say about it, I guess. Okay. Um, I remember when my cousin was little and had a PlayStation, he got Tekken 2. I mean, like, little, like, not even a teenager. He's pretty little. 
and one of the characters when you like when you beat the game you get this like little like animated cutscene and it was a cutscene of like her getting out of the shower and my aunt destroyed the game and threw it away. <laughs> That's all I remember about Tekken 2. All right. So let's move on to 23. This is right. Batman Arkham City. Is this the first one of the series? No, this is the second one. Second one? That was really, really good. Yeah. I played all three and I liked them all. And I honestly couldn't tell you what was different about the three of them at this point, though. All I remember with this one is the idea was that a portion of uh not metropolis uh arkham like the name of the game no no arkham is yeah yeah so that a portion of gotham city had been set aside as basically a madhouse for everybody because i guess people had broken out of arkham so it was basically arkham asylum had become this arkham portion of the city that's right so it spread out and got bigger it got really big, or at least that's how I remember it. It's probably small by today's standards, but yeah, I really enjoyed this game and had a, a ton of fun with it. It's this felt super Batmany, and I really felt like I got to be Batman in this game, and yeah, I had a ton of fun with this one. What makes this game good, and it's similar with a good Spider-Man game, like the the most recent Spider-Man game. I guess Miles Morales is the most recent one, but you know, that realm of Spider-Man game, what makes both of them great is you don't actually have to know anything about the characters to enjoy the game because they're just really well-made games. It's fun just moving around the city with how you do it. Uh, So it makes it not tedious to have to go from place to place doing the things you have to do. Uh, Especially like in both of those games, it's like a lot of the... The I don't want to call them missions or quests, but like a lot of the activities you have to do are like grab these things that are scattered about the city. Where like the whole purpose is literally just moving about the city and finding something. Mm-hmm. But because it's fun to move about the city, it the, the whole game is fun. Like that's yeah. such a key to it. You know, it's just like um, uh, Assassin's Creed games. Like they're they're fun because it's fun just to move around in those games. At least in the ones uh, I played, which were some of the, like Assassin's Creed too. Or Sunset um, Overdrive, which is probably the best game that nobody's ever played. I've never played it. It's Xbox only, and it's awesome. It's yeah. so much fun. I'll come over and play it later. All right, cool. Sounds good. All right. So this one, the next one, uh, we've actually talked about quite a bit. Um, yeah. It's kind of funny this has its own entry. Uh, so I'm going to call shenanigans on Business Insiders. We're not going to have duplicates on this list. Uh, the orange box is a collection of Portal 1 and 2 and Half-Life, and we've already talked about all those games because Half-Life and Portal 2 were already on this list. I don't think that Portal 2 was in this because Portal 2 came out after the orange oh. box because the first Portal was in the orange box, and then it was kind of, I think, just a throwaway idea they had kind of that they tacked on to the Half-Life 1 and 2. And then Portal became this huge success from the orange box, and then they made Portal 2. That's how I remember it going down. Yeah, I think you might be right. What threw me off with that is I didn't remember, because I know I've played Portal 1 and Portal 2, but I didn't remember getting Portal 2 separately, because I thought the only way they, they were available on the PlayStation was through the orange box. But I think I'm just wrong. I think I did get them separately. Okay. Looking through, because their little, little definition here, definition, description. I've never played Half-Life, but this is around the time when I played Portal, 
I think I bought Portal as a standalone because you could on Xbox buy the individual pieces of the orange box. So yeah. I bought Portal and played it, and man, it's such a good, fun game. I, I wish that um, there was a way for me to play them. Like, seriously, since reading these, like I'm just dying to play Portal and Portal 2. Mm-hmm. Like, in said damn AI. But yeah, so we talked about those enough, but uh, Portal and Portal 2 Fantastic Games, Half-Life, we don't have much to say about. On to the next one. All right, number 21 is Resident Evil 4. And these are games that I've heard a lot about, and I always hear them brought up as mainstays of top-tier games, but I have never played a Resident Evil game. So I had never played Resident Evil, uh, and then at work one day we were talking about video games, and a couple of people I was working with loved the Resident Evil games. And they had they were uh, it was right before they came out with the remake of Resident Evil 3. So I was looking around, and I realized that they had the remake of Resident Evil 2 for 20 bucks because they had remade that one before. I didn't even realize they had remade it, because it's not like I pay attention. Um, so I bought Resident Evil 2 for 20 bucks, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's You can play it through multiple playthroughs. So there's two characters. There's a, a male character and a female character. And um, you play through as one. Then when you play through as the other one, you get more story elements because uh, they have like separate story elements. And then you can play through as each one again with like their B playthrough. And there's new story elements that you see because since you've played both sides, there's things that you know already, like either mm, way. So okay, you cool. can get four playthroughs with it and unlock a little bit more each time. It was really good. Uh, there was one element of the game that wasn't my favorite thing. Uh, there's a part where there's this big bad guy that you cannot kill that is just slowly stalking you the whole time, so you have to avoid him, and that stresses me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, I was happy to get past that part, and that that's like I played through once. I intend to play through with the other character, but that's part of what's holding me off. Is like I don't really want to do that part again. I'll do it eventually, probably, but or maybe I never will. Who knows. Um, so I've never played Resident Evil 4. Resident Evil 2 is the only game that I played. But after playing the remake of that one, like, eventually I'll grab the remake of Resident Evil 3. Resident Evil 4 is one that I keep on hearing as being, like, uh, kind of elevated in the series as, you know, the, one of the best ones. So that's... Uh, and from what I've been told, Resident Evil 3 feels a lot like Resident Evil 2. Um, so maybe I'll even, you know, wait until someday they do a remake of Resident Evil 4. I like that they're doing remakes of a lot of these older games. There's games I really wish they would remake because I've been wanting to replay them, but I know that if I just buy the uh, the like old version of it, it won't live up because gameplay mechanics have changed so much. So, mm-hmm. anyways, yeah. So Resident Evil Four, I haven't played that one specifically, but I could definitely say the Resident Evil series is uh, worth checking out. I guess now it's my all right. Turn number twenty to say Uncharted Two Among Thieves. This is uh. This is the only Uncharted game I've actually played through. I have never played an Uncharted game. Oh, yeah. well, they're only on PlayStation, so exactly. I guess that's why. So, hey, they must not be that good if they're only on PlayStation, because only really good games make it over to Xbox, is what I understand. But, yeah. you know, that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah, you keep, you keep telling yourself that. Okay, so, I, yeah. I will. <laughs> so Uncharted 2, I played through this one. Uh, it was how my son learned how to say his first bad word. Oh, right. Um, That's cool. I was playing, and uh, there's a part where something happens, and the, the female character in the game goes, oh, shit. It's all slow motion, too, so it's like he has plenty of time to hear it. And mm-hmm. then he starts walking around going, oh, shit. 
oh shit <laughs> awesome <laughs> and my wife was mad at me but yeah so i played through this one i have gotten the uncharted collection which is one two and three i've tried repeatedly to get into playing one and i'm just not that drawn into it uh it's very similar to playing the Tomb Raider games, but I feel less compelled by the characters, I think. Mm, okay, that doesn't sound great. It's, it, I mean, it is good. Like, the characters are fine, but I think, like, Tomb Raider, it's like I, I know the character of Laura Croft from playing as a kid. Um, you know, Uncharted. And they've actually made a movie, an Uncharted movie that I don't know if it came out or not because I don't really pay attention to that. But, yeah, it's it's a good game, but it's like it it it's a very Tomb Raider game. It's you know um, action exploration. I just probably instead of trying to go back and play the older ones, like I even have Uncharted Four. I should try playing Uncharted Four because that happens a lot. Where it's like I I don't really want to go back and play the older games. I just want to play the newer games unless there's something compelling about the story or characters. And this one, the story characters are good, but they're not compelling enough on their own because I don't know them. No. Okay. Um, but anyways, I think we're going to move on. Good game. All right. 19 is GoldenEye 007 for Nintendo 64. This was the reason I got a Nintendo 64. I own two Nintendo 64 games, and this was one of them. I remember my friends in college renting a Nintendo 64 from some local place. We figured out where you could rent a Nintendo 64 for the weekend or something like that. And we yeah. rented GoldenEye 007 and just had a weekend of playing GoldenEye. And that was a blast when it was like freshman or sophomore year in the dorms. And this new type of game where we could all play together and be killing each other and running around and shooting each other. It was so much fun. Yeah, this is one of the few first-person shooters that I definitely, I was one of, like, I was on par at worst with anybody I knew, and, like, better than almost everybody that I played with with this game. Like, I played this a lot, and I dedicated myself to getting good at it. My brother-in-law, I think it was actually before he was married to my sister, and he's not my brother-in-law anymore anyways, but um, he... He was on par with me, and we played a lot. And it would be, like, real neck and neck. I would have fun, though. Like, sometimes we'd play, like, two-on-one. Like, he and his brother, who was also as good, uh, would be playing two-on-one against me. And uh, I would, like, find a spot to hole up where, like, I would be able to, like, you know, get them when they were coming in to get me. And just because I had the the tactical advantage and we were all, like, kind of even-keeled, even with it being two-on-one, they couldn't get me. Mm. I had a nice. lot of fun with Goldeneye. Uh, we unlocked all the, like, you know how you, un- I, I don't know if you remember this, you unlock the, um, like, the power-up things or whatever, the, like, options you could turn on or off by accomplishing certain things, like speed I don't runs and stuff. about the game. Okay, well, good job. The hardest one was you could unlock, uh, I think it was, like, invincibility, so, like, you couldn't get hurt. You could unlock that, and when you unlock these things, like, you have an option menu. You when, Once you unlock them, you can choose to turn, on, turn them on and off in the game. And um, to unlock invincibility, you had to do this ridiculous speed run through this one level. And my brother-in-law and I were trying and trying and trying. And, I mean, we had we kept trying and trying for hours. And we would fall literally, like, a second or two short. Like, we got closer and closer. And, like, we just... But that last second was so hard to shut off when we finally did it. It was a lot of fun. It was cool having that kind of a challenge where you even knew what you had to do. And you did your best. And it was just still so hard. Um, and that's one thing that I pre- appreciate about 
um, some of these older games, whereas like newer first person shooters, you pay money to unlock whatever you want to unlock, and it's just about the competition. And that kind of loses um, some of the, the value for me. All right. I'm All right. Sick. Next is 18, and I bet you'll have some stuff to say about this. A little bit. Bioshock. I love Bioshock. I love the Bioshock series. Bioshock 2. So, Bioshock, you can. So, in Bioshock, you have weapons and you have powers. And in Bioshock 1, you can only use one at a time, either a weapon or a power. So you have to switch between them. Bioshock 2, you can dual wield a weapon and a power and use them at the same time. So back when I lived in California, so this is like 11 years ago, I think, because it was in the last apartment we lived in. So it was in the last year that we lived in California. I bought Bioshock 1 and 2 used uh, because I read about Bioshock Infinite. I was like, that sounds cool. I want to check out the first games. I bought them for like dirt cheap. Uh, and uh, you know, used a GameStop and played Bioshock 1, loved it. Played Bioshock 2, loved it. And then uh, moved to Maine, was waiting for Infinite to come out. My PS3 died. I never got it. Jumped to, uh, you know, a bit later. I have a PS4. They released the Bioshock collection with all three of those games. I was really worried that playing Bioshock 1 first would kind of suck. Because I played Bioshock 2 before, and like a lot of times you can't put the genie back in the bottle, right? Like once you play better controls, more functionality, you can't go backwards, it just like it doesn't live up. So I, I playing Bioshock 1, I enjoy I, I loved it. It was still great even with like the more limited controls. And to me that speaks a lot about um, the quality of the game when it overcomes things like that. Um, but I love Bioshock 1 and 2 is this, uh, you're in this like underwater world, uh, it's very kind of... Um, atmospheric and creepy, um, like sci-fi-ish horror, but not bogged down in the sci-fi like we talked about. Like this is definitely an, an action game that's in like a sci-fi world, not a sci-fi game specifically. Um, but yeah, I love Bioshock, all three of the games, uh, and I can't say anything better about any game. I can say a lot better about a lot of other games. I do not like the Bioshock games very much at all. They're, to me, just like entertaining enough, but I've never really been captured by them. And I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that I'm just not a fan of first-person shooter games, single-player first-person shooter games. It's just kind of a boring format to me. And I just don't have too much fun with it it's for for whatever reason i've never played a first person shooter game where it's like single player campaign that has really really appealed to me and really my the only appeal i get out of first person shooter games is the online play or you know multiplayer play i do think that this game has a really cool setting and it looks really neat and I remember that about it. It has just a really cool, interesting, and unique aesthetic to it, where it's like the future as imagined in 1920 or something like that that yeah. is, is really cool. But beyond that, it's just like the actual gameplay itself was never very compelling to me. So I felt like the gameplay was something that I just kind of like put up with or tolerated to get to the interesting visual stuff that's going on 
That, yeah. That's always been my experience with these games. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And it's just like, I don't like first-person shooters and, um, like, in playing online with people because I will never be good enough to compete. And, like, it, like to me, that's no fun. Like, it's... um. The, the, the functionality of playing the game online with people with, you know, Call of Duty or whatever like that, zero value to me. Don't like it at all. I'm not good enough. And even if I was, like, just the, the act of playing it isn't that fun. It'd be, it would be more, like, I loved it back in the day. We talked about this before, like, playing Halo with my friends in the same room and stuff like that. No, well, well you got to hold that because Halo's coming up, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, <laughs> we already talked about Halo some before, uh, the second one. But yeah, so like I, 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 I enjoyed playing with people in person like that. I do not like playing with random people online, and I feel like a lot of the, I mean, like Call of Duty and like uh, all of those, like they're all built around just warfare, and like to me those games are tedious and boring. I've tried playing some of them like the single player mode, and they're just kind of tedious and boring. Like Bioshock to me, it's like the first person aspect. But it's not just a shooter. It's like there's a lot more action involved. I, I feel like the gameplay you're illustrating. It's not for everybody, but it's you know if you do like that kind of gameplay, it's fantastic. And I do like the kind of gameplay. It's an awesome world to be in. The story, although it might get a little convoluted at times, the story is really good. But it's the, the atmosphere and the story that make it great. And then the gameplay is a type of gameplay that I like. Okay. Moving on. All right. Next up is 17, Half-Life 2. Uh, I've never played this. Yeah. I know it's supposed to be another a good first-person shooter game full of aliens and stuff like that. And it sounds kind of interesting to me, but not interesting enough for me to go back and pick it up and play it. Yeah. I don't know anything about Half-Life 2. All right. Number 16, NFL 2K1. I will quickly say something about this. There was a time when Madden had competition. It was the glory days. Where <laughs> both, both companies had to try to be better. Um, the NFL 2K series was um, was good. Like I remember actually playing this and Madden, and they had different things to offer. And I think that uh, this challenged Madden to, to provide more things to do in the game. And then... Basically, Madden made a deal with the NFL to have the only licensing rights. Mm, so that all of a sudden... NFL 2K1 was the football game with the yeah, and that's the thing. If, Houston if you Raven play, Birds and yeah, <laughs> if you like want to play a, a pro sports game, you want to play with the players. You know, you know, yeah. it's like that's why mm-hmm. people buy Madden every year. Uh, I mean, now there's also the competition aspect of it, but um, you know, it's like when I was younger, I used to buy Madden every other year because I didn't want to buy a brand new game every year. But I did that so I can kind of stay up to date on the players on on my favorite teams and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so NFL 2K, I don't remember how many years they uh, they made football games before Madden forced them out, but it was it was a good game. Like I I kind of thought that, the, that them and Madden were equal. There could be pluses and minuses to either one, but they were both good games. So that's okay. all that needs to be said. Number fifteen, sir. All right, yes, this is Halo Combat Evolved, the very first Halo game. And yeah. when I graduated college. And I got my first, quote unquote, real job, meaning my first engineering job, but first first job in my actual career, as yeah, opposed first to big boy job. Yeah, my first big boy job, and I got that first big boy paycheck. I went myself and got myself a big boy Xbox and Halo, and this was 
played so much in our house um, that I lived in in the in college and for a couple years after college it was just like halo all the time we would have friends come over we would play four person and we knew every map we played this thing just non-stop all the time it was so much fun it would just be an afternoon spent playing four person multiplayer halo and ah oh, such a great time and this also this is before there was online play. And so really the only way to play quote unquote online was with LAN parties where you actually had to plug your Xbox into another Xbox and have each one running on their own TV. And the probably the most fun gaming experience I've ever had was that me and my friends took our TV and Xbox over to another friend of mine from work who had a similar setup where he had all his Halo friends that he played with. And we set up the Xboxes so the TVs were in different rooms and we just played multiplayer Halo all night long where we could actually split up teams in different rooms so we could cooperate and you also don't get to then look on the screen and see what your opponent is doing because... Yeah. You know, that, that was a thing. You learn the map so well that you can just look in the the other corner of the screen and see where your opponent is and know exactly what they're up to. And this completely eliminated that where we could all play teamwork really well because we could all look at each other's screens and see what each other was doing, but we couldn't see what the opponents were doing. And that was just about the most fun I've ever had playing a video game. Yeah, ditto, all of that. I think we only did, like, up to 16 people on one occasion, but we uh, we did get multiple Xboxes on a little more regular basis. Um, but yeah, kind of ditto to everything. And one of the things that makes Halo stand out to me against other first-person shooters is that the we- the the realism isn't so high that it's, it's impossible to kill somebody unless you're really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. that's one thing that drives me nuts about some of the newer games. It's like, unless your shots are well-placed, like you're not taking anybody down and like, it's more fun to me when your aiming doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. We uh, played I, rockets a lot. So it was, rockets. you know, yeah, yeah. I, think I, I talked last time about, about playing shotguns where we would turn off the health and shield. So like one, one hit kills no matter what, uh-huh. uh, but it was a little less chaotic than the rockets. Um, I really like the needler too. Like, there's nothing better than like running up on somebody, like getting all those needles in them, and then running off, and then they think that they got away with their lives, and then they explode. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Fourteen. Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, oddly enough, I'm actually playing this a little bit right now. Got it uh, for my son, and he just wasn't really playing it. And what I've realized, we actually talked about this on a previous podcast a while back. He the three D Mario games are uh, like not right up his alley right now. He's not like they're too difficult for him, and they're mm-hmm. not what he like really wants to be good at. But he's interested in the game, um, so he's he, like he's watched YouTube videos about Mario Odyssey and stuff like this. Like he he's he loves it in all these ways, but he just like isn't quite ready to play it. So I started playing it a little bit because I was like, well, we're gonna play it, and then we'll we'll you know trade it in or something. So I'm playing it. Some he's like. Maybe we can keep it. So, like, he basically was, like, realizing that he wanted to play it someday, but he just wasn't good enough at those types of games yet. Mm. Um, so, anyways, I've played it a little bit. Um, the 3D Mario games have all been pretty good, like, starting with 64, and then you got Super Mario Sunshine on the, the um, GameCube. 
and then Mario Galaxy on on the Wii. Like they're, I feel like they're trying harder to play to a gimmick than other Mario games, but they're also kind of more creative in aspects of gameplay, which is cool. So it's good. Yeah, I've never played this one. The only one I've played really of the 3D Mario games is Mario Galaxy. And I've talked a little bit about that before, about how insane that is, but it was tons yeah. of fun. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Like, they come up with creative ways to play the game. And, um, yeah. All right. So next up is 13, Grand Theft Auto 3. And this was, well, I think, like, pretty much everybody, the first Grand Theft Auto game that I played. Because I think 1 and 2 were nothing at all like 3. 3 was a big revolution where it became this big 3D game as opposed to just a top-down driving around town game. And... This is, I think, the only one that I really played inside and out like crazy. Because I think it was at a time when the dirty grittiness of Grand Theft Auto was something that I thought was cool. And they also hadn't leaned into just the how dirty and gritty it all is quite yet as much as they had when Grand Theft Auto 3 came out. So this is probably the one that I have the most fond memories for. Yeah, I know I played this one a little bit. San Andreas was definitely the one that I played more. Uh, That was the only one that I ever owned out of the series. Um, And yeah, it like I enjoyed it for a while. But we talked uh, last time when a different Grand Theft Auto was on the list about um, how we also both kind of just aren't into this type of game anymore like the it got too much about like look at all this bad stuff i could do all right let's go on to 12 number 12 metroid prime do you have anything to say about metroid prime yeah i got this when i got my gamecube i got it primarily to play zelda games i wanted to play everything up through wind waker that was my primary purpose for getting the gamecube but i also got metroid prime it's the only other gamecube i ever got and it was a lot of fun it's like a 3d metroid game you're running around trying to get new weapons new powers trying to solve puzzles and get through areas the thing that i got frustrated with is i got to a point where i couldn't figure out how to progress the game anymore i got to a point where there was some door that i had to learn how to blow up or whatever and i needed a certain weapon but i didn't know where to find that weapon so i kind of worked myself to a point where i didn't know what to do next and then i just gave up on it never played it after that yeah that's one plus of the internet now is you can google like anything and find an answer sometimes i had stuck in a game and i don't even know what i'm trying to figure out and i'll google just whatever vague words i can think of and i find the answer i'm looking for yeah i know (laughs) it's actually really cool because it no matter what, somebody else has Googled, how do I get by the big thing in that place where the thing yeah. is red <laughs> or something like that? And it's like, oh, you mean level seven where the blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say about Metroid. I've like played the games a little bit through time, um, but I've never like really been all in on any Metroid games. So I just don't have much to say. Like, I understand... Uh, the impact the game has made and the quality of it and stuff like that. But yeah, don't have anything else to say because I just don't have experience with it. Yeah. All right. Number 11 is Perfect Dark. And this is another one of those that 
I've heard a lot about and I've heard mentioned, but I have never played. This was like the the gameplay predecessor to no not predecessor the gameplay uh, follow up to 007 Goldeneye. Mm, okay, it looks like it from the screenshot. In yeah, this it was made by Rare, the same company. Um, I never owned it myself, but I played it at a friend's house quite a bit. But this was like if you wanted to call anything a sequel to that game, this was the sequel. It was. It was probably better than GoldenEye 007, but it'll never be remembered as much as GoldenEye, just because GoldenEye stands out for everybody in the the way that we both just expressed, where it was like their their first experience like that. Uh, But I mean, this is higher up on the list for a reason. It was really good. One of the there was one weapon in this game. Like I'm just remembering this like vaguely because I haven't thought about this game forever. Um, There was a weapon that you could actually like see through the the you know the the level you're in like um like x-ray style or like sonogram style or something like that and you could kill people through the world you're in like oh that sounds fun through multiple walls and stuff like that yeah so there were there was some cool stuff i think they did some inventive stuff with uh the weapons i don't remember it really specifically well because it's been a long time and like i said i i didn't own it i played it at a friend's house uh but it was definitely a good game if you liked 007, this this would have been like a good next game. Cool. All right, let's move on to ten. Number this ten, looks like a good one. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three. Ooh, all of the Tony Hawk's one, two, and three are fond, fond games for yeah. me. We've talked about Tony Hawk before because we both got the remastered Tony Hawk One and Two yeah. when it came out, and. I've slowed down on playing it, but I still have played it uh, a bit here and there. And I'm kind of slowly working through all the levels and stuff. I remember Tony Hawk 3 being really cool just in terms of level creation. I remember really liking the levels and there being a lot of 3D-ness to it in the sense that there'd be a lot of stuff up above and below that you could get to to do stuff. and. Yeah, I I have a lot of fond memories of all of the Tony Hawk games, including three. I can't remember if I specifically played three. I know I pl- I owned one and two and played the heck out of both of them. I might not have ever owned three, um, but yeah, everything you just said about the Tony Hawk series, like it was one of the the best games that I played as a kid, as a teenager, and yeah, I don't think anybody who played those games doesn't have the fondest of memories about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, nine is uh, we're getting into the top ten here, so yeah. I think that uh, I kind of zoomed a little bit, and there's it's kind of repetitive in some ways, but I think we'll see a lot of themes here. Yeah, the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, and this is it was one of the most recent ones, I think, and I haven't played it because I haven't played any Zelda game after Wind Waker because. The the last Nintendo system I ever got was the GameCube. And so I'm limited to what was available on GameCube. So I, I have this one. I've played it some. I haven't given it the attention it needs. Uh, for a long time, it was because we had one Switch and my wife and son were monopolizing it most of the time. So it's hard for me to like really you know focus in on this. Last Christmas, my son and I each got our own Switch Lights. Um, the reason we both got our own Switch Lite is I ordered one for him, and they sent me two. So 
I got a present also. So I would like to get it. I would just like have been in the process of other games and started school. But like I think this is like I mentioned this bit earlier, but I think this is going to be the next game that I focus on. I've played enough of it to see it's real good. Yeah, I mean Zelda games are all good, and I think that they do a good job of adding enough innovation without trying to innovate away from what the game is to you know there's to create enough differences between the games that you're not just playing the same thing over and over again that's a good way to put it yeah um, it's like they they evolve the gameplay but never the core heart of what the game is mm-hmm. there's still enough of the elements of gameplay that relate back to previous versions the heart of the game is always there and like it's nintendo so they make it look pretty but it's not a hundred percent focused on graphics because their system isn't as powerful as xbox or playstation that's not what they're going for mm-hmm. um and i think that there's it, it opens up more room for artistry when you have challenges limitations that you have to work through when your limitations are minimized it's easy to um it, you know, it, like I've said this before about like comics in the late '90s, early 2000s, they looked like crap for a while because suddenly people had all these digital tools and they didn't know how to push them to their boundaries. So like, they looked like crap because they minimally used these tools, and the artistry went away because these tools made the things that they were doing look so much easier. Um, I think like every kind of leap of technology kind of provides the opportunity for that. Um, but yeah. I think that when you learn to push the boundaries of the technology or the boundaries of your tools is when you get the most creative. And I think that um, that like Zelda is a good example of that, making a game that looks real pretty, real interesting, lots of nuances, but with uh, more limitations on the system. Yeah, I always think back to Wind Waker and how they used this like cel-shaded look to everything so it looked like a cartoon which it doesn't require a lot of graphics processing power to render it in excruciating detail. Yeah. But it looked really, really neat. It and took then, a while to get used to it because it felt a little like, whoa, I what's agree. This? I was put off by it at first when I, uh, when I started trying to check those games out because I, had, I hadn't really played video games very much for some time at that point, or at least not uh, Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then that power goes elsewhere. If you have limited resources, like if you put everything into the graphics, but then your game plays like crap because you're not using the resources there, then who cares how good it looks? And I think um, Zelda does a good job of making it look good without taking away from the gameplay. All right, let's move on to number eight. Number eight, Grand Theft Auto V. Oh, whoop-de-doo, oh, we got to talk about this uh, some more. This, uh, <laughs> I've tried to play it. I bought it because... It's like the best-selling game of all time or something. Like, What's crazy is that Grand Theft Auto V, years after it came out, would still be in the top 10 games sold each month. Yeah. And I just I don't like it because the gameplay is good and decent, but it's such an ugly game thematically. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play a game about a thug that goes around having to murder and kill his way up the ladder and with all a bunch of swearing and nastiness along the way it's just it doesn't appeal to me yeah at all like it just i that's not something i want to wallow in that's not something i want to subject myself to there i feel no appeal like i feel like ugh, sick in my stomach thinking about it it's just why would i want to subject myself to that there's 
no reason. I'm trying to avoid the ugliness of this world, not wallow in it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I've considered buying this many times, seeing it on sales because it's been out so long. Like it's always going on sales. I think I've seen it as low as like ten dollars or thirteen dollars. Cheap enough that you'd be like, eh, just give it a shot. I just don't want to. Like, um, I, this game has like lasted so long because it's created an open world that, like, you know, you hear about this game a lot because of the impact it's had on creating that, like, a huge open world where you can do so many things. But, you know, there's a lot of open world games that allow you to do so many things, uh, that are telling a better story than this. Um, you know. And it may even be a good story, but it's just, it's not the story I want to experience. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like more, a more yeah. positive story of some sort rather like, I just, I don't want to be in the story. It's just, you know, it's like TV shows. I, I, I don't know if you ever watched sons of anarchy, but I watched that show and I finished it, but I was like, I'm, I'm never going to watch a show like this again because I don't want to watch a show of just people being miserable, disgusting humans, you know? Yeah. I didn't watch that one. Yeah. Sounds like something. It I was a good show, but I would suggest it for yeah. the reason I just said. All right. All right. Seven is Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> Glorious. Glorious game. Played, it's, I haven't it's played this so one good. Yet. So Red Dead Redemption, those games, both for a game that deals in a lot of ugliness, you know, it's it's got profanity. It's got killing. It's a good story. And it's like, this is where when, um, when Rockstar Games bought Red Dead Revolver and made Red Dead Redemption, I was like, I don't want that. I don't want Grand Theft Auto Studio making this game. Like, I liked what I had and I don't want it ruined by them. Because, like, even back then, I was like, I don't want Grand Theft Auto. I don't want a game that's sole purpose is, is everything that's bad. And, they definitely delivered something very different. So it showed me that Rockstar Games wasn't just the game that made the, you know, the profanity-laced, violence-laden, prostitute-killing Grand Theft Auto games, that they could do more than that. Red Dead Redemption 2 uh, was fantastic. I, I loved it. Um, it was one of those games that it would get a little tedious traveling around. If you, tra- you know, if you didn't do, like, the quick travel mode, if you're actually traveling around, like, you came across interesting things from time to time like there's a lot of different animals to come across in that game the first time you come across like a a snapping turtle kind of surprises you you know hmm. um stuff like that like there are animals you expect but then you go into like you know kind of a bayou type area and you're running into some crazy things suddenly you know crocodile or alligator whichever one is popping up and killing you and stuff like that interesting let alone the you know the characters you run into um lots of cool stuff so the, the story was great, I thought. Um, the gameplay was great. It took me a little bit of playing it to really, like, settle into the gameplay. But once you did, it was it was good. Like, I just a fantastic game. Like, this is definitely one of my favorite games I've played. This might be my favorite game I've played on PlayStation 4. I played recently Red Dead Redemption uh, not too long ago. Because I got it when it first came out, but I got maybe halfway or three quarters of the way through it mm-hmm. and then for some reason never finished it up and it's one of those games where you get that far but then you wait enough years i just wanted to start it over yeah. rather than pick it up where i was and i think what this or at least what red dead redemption one did really well is it had some of that ugliness 
that I was talking about in the Grand Theft Auto games, but it, it tempers it with this kind of joy of and mystique of the Old West, yeah. where there's just this fun in exploring this exciting uncharted territory that really does still feel wild and free. And so it tempers it a little bit with a, a bit of optimism. Yeah. And that's the thing is there's redemption in it. Unlike yeah. Grand Theft Auto. Like, I mean, that's the name of the game is redemption. Um, mm-hmm. it, that's what makes the difference is, is there's something that's redeeming these bad characters and the characters that are bad and just bad don't get redeemed. They, they, they get what's coming to them in the end. And even characters that have some good in them, but did all these bad things their their whole lives, they, they get what's coming to them eventually. So like you, you see the consequences of living a bad life and you see some chance for redemption in it. And that makes it a very different story. Yeah. So this is one I'll play eventually when I find it on sale for cheap enough and I have time to really dive into it. So probably never, but yeah, <laughs> you know, well, you're, you're starting to be able to find it on sale for like 20 bucks. So yeah, I would definitely mm-hmm. say like, you know, just pick it up at some point And once you get into it, you won't regret getting into it. I don't think so. All right, let's go on to six. Number six, Super Mario Galaxy 2. I've actually never played Super Mario Galaxy 2. I only played the first one. Well, maybe we should lump six and five together because five is Super Mario Galaxy. <laughs> That's lame. This list is stupid. <laughs> um, well, uh, hey, you, you, you can't blame the algorithm. I guess what it means is that these games are basically the same. <laughs> well, what I think what this represents, this. because this list is based on, on composite score, it just shows you that Mario or Mario uh, Nintendo does a really good job with the Super Mario games in general. Trying, they they want them to be solid, like highly ranked games. But it's like the ratings of these games. It's not rate, you know, like you're not comparing these directly to another game. When a reviewer is rating it, they're rating it for what it is. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, we we talked about um, Super Mario Odyssey and Super Mario Galaxy and Galaxy Two were the 3D games on the Wii. It's also the the first time in a long time that um, the like the same vein of Mario game has had multiple entries on one system. Mm-hmm. It, but uh, but yeah, I mean they were just they were really I, I never played two, but knowing one and assuming that two is just kind of uh, the same thing, but you know adding more story to it, they did a really good job of utilizing the the what made the Wii special, the motion controls and stuff. But they also did a good job of not making it reliant on that, so you could play it without being able to you know whip the controller to make stuff happen and stuff like that. But yeah, they were just, they were really good 3d Mario games. Um, you know, uh, Mario 64, Mario sunshine. Then you had these two and then you had Odyssey. Um, and I think that Mario 64 might be higher up on this list. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if, uh, you know, a bunch of Mario's crammed in the top, but, um, galaxy was really well done. Sunshine. I think I thought felt a little, it was good, but it was a little too like the, the gimmick kind of, made it a little more stuck in what it was. My memory of this game is that while I never had a Wii, my young nephew did. And one weekend when I was down visiting my family, I was staying at my sister's house and I saw this game and I was like, oh, that looks kind of fun. So I started playing it and I probably started playing it a little later at night after the kids had gone to sleep. And I had so much fun with Super Mario Galaxy. I played it for hours, I think. And the level design 
in this is what I remember being really interesting and unique. Just everything about it was weird and bizarre and crazy and tons of fun. And I've mentioned it before, but it's like, it feels like the people designing this game just took a bunch of drugs, then decided to design the game because everything is so strange in this game. And yeah, really, really had a, a ton of fun with Super Mario Galaxy. Yeah. I'm looking at the the picture of Super Mario Galaxy, just so colorful too. Like it's just so appealing. Yeah. Yeah, just like yeah, exactly. Just bright, fun, quirky, zany. Yeah, tons of fun. So I, I peeked ahead at the rest of the list and I gotta say, uh at the end of this list is why using the business insider list was flawed. Uh, sure. <laughs> but yeah. I, I think this has still served its purpose of giving us games to talk about, but the, a few of the top ones, like, man, I don't want to talk about these. Um, I know, so right? I think we can plow through these and get to the last one. Um, number four is Soul Calibur, another fighting game. It kind of, I guess, kind of just goes to show you that a well done fighting game is probably going to get a high critic score, and that's why it's making it so high up this list. I don't have anything else to say about Soul Calibur, do you? I do remember the first Soul Calibur being pretty fun, and it felt like a bit of this was a game where fighting games took a big leap from being just 2D fighters like Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter into something a little more complicated. That's what I really remember about this one. I had a friend in college who he and his roommates had a Dreamcast and this was a big game that they would play. So I'd only really play this when I went over and hung out with him. But they were really big into Soul Calibur and I enjoyed it. It was it was a fun fighting game, and it felt very new and different at the time from any fighting game I'd played before. And I think that that's probably why it's ranked so highly on this list is because that at the time this was a bit of a groundbreaking fighting game. Yeah, it kind of innovated up to the next level. Yeah, exactly. So it was it was such a big step that I think that that's why it gets where it does. All right, enough said there. Yeah, number three is Grand Theft Auto 4. Enough said there. <laughs> yeah, I think I played all of this one, two. I think I think three and four are the ones that I played the most. And I think I got both of these and played through them. And this is where I kind of got all of the Grand Theft Auto out of my system. And again, it was when I was younger. So like when gritty, dark video games seemed a lot more interesting to me. Because when you're 25, it seems a lot cooler than when you're 40. Yeah. I don't have anything to say about this. Okay. Number two, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. We already talked about the Tony Hawk games, kind of the first three as a whole. I don't think we have anything else to add. But uh, this was actually the first Tony Hawk that I owned. And it was so good. So I had I had, had the demo for one. Played the hell out of it. And... Tony Hawk 2 came out before I could get any of the Tony Hawk games. Like, I got that first uh, as a birthday present or whatever. And then after that, I still got Tony Hawk 1 when it was like a $20 greatest hits game. Because it basically just gave more levels to play. Uh, And, like, that's how good the game was. Even though 2 definitely added things to what you could do, 1 was still good enough to play even after playing 2. Yeah, it seemed like between Tony Hawk 1, 2, and 3, it was mainly just more levels. That's yeah. kind of what I remember of it. It not like huge groundbreaking innovations to play, maybe just slightly better graphics and more levels. 
And that brings us to our last game on the list. Number one, and I think that this deserves its spot, which is Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Possibly one of the best, maybe the best entry in maybe the best series of games. And this is one that I am currently playing through right now. And I may be like a third of the way through the game. And it is really enjoyable. It's a, a little clunky just in terms of the gameplay because it's gameplay from 20, 25 years ago or something like that in terms of you know how the game actually plays and just the controls of it and all that. But it's a really fun, cool game. I am just enjoying the heck out of it. I know I've played this game to some extent, but I don't know what extent. I really would like to play um, this one in Majora's Mask, because both of those I know I've played some. I don't know if I finished either of them. I'm pretty sure I played Ocarina of Time more than Majora's Mask. I hope that they release some way to play it on the Switch, whether it be just, uh, you know, here's a... Kind of like they did with Mario. Here's the Mario 3D All-Stars that had Mario 64 and Mario Sunshine and Mario Odyssey. I would love it if they did that with Zelda and had Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask. They just released Skyward Sword, which was the the big one from the Wii. Even if they just released those two together as a game, I would get it. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would like to play through all the Zelda games that I haven't played through at some point. Maybe not all of the kind of peripheral ones, because there's starting to be a collection of those. But like the main Zelda games, I would definitely like to. Um yeah, like uh, Super Nintendo Zelda. That was still, like, I kind of consider that my pinnacle of playing video games as a kid. Like, I had played video games enough to, like, really know what I liked and what I wanted. Um, Super Nintendo, I think, was kind of like the ideal kid system for me. Like, that was just the right time where I was, like, into games on my own. And that Zelda was fantastic. And then I kind of had a gap after that with uh, the Nintendo 64 ones because I had switched over to PlayStation yeah, like they're just they're all such good games that you could jump back and play any of them and enjoy them. I think a lot of the reason this deserves its spot is also it was such a huge leap forward. You consider this versus uh Link to the Past from Super Nintendo, which is still just a top down yeah. game. This it jumps to three D, it adds a bunch of other elements like you now have this instrument to play that changes things. Music is such a huge part of this game and the music is all really good and memorable from this game. You know, I, a lot of the, what we now think of as like classic Zelda music comes from this game. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to finish this one. I need to get back to it. It's set up in my garage to play and yeah, a great game. I was glad that the list ended on this note after the last few just kind of being repetitive uh, entries. <laughs> yeah, even though this is re- repetitive, right? I mean, we how many other Zelda games have there been on but here? But Zelda's like, worth it. <laughs> it. It is, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, Zelda's worth it. Like the Even Tony Hawk 2, um, you know, it's like I thought that game was pretty impactful, but like another Grand Theft Auto and... And there wasn't a Soul Calibur, but just, like, another fighting game. At least we didn't get to the top of the list and have a bunch of, like, uh, Call of Duty 1, Call of Duty 2, things like that. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so this, this was, uh, you know, once again, we, we chose this list not because of 
any quality of the order of things, but we looked through it and we knew it gave us solid games to talk about. That's really our purpose is we wanted to talk about video games, and we did that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was fun. All right. Good job. Good job, everybody. Yeah, good job, us. All right. Well, let's pack this episode up and stick it in our knapsack yeah. and head off to the rest of our lives. If you are still singing happy birthday to me, you may stop now. Yeah. Um, I think they all did, Paul. I, I really hope they did. But you never <laughs> know. Too. I would I would hate for us to not say that and somebody keep on singing happy birthday. Like that damn song from that Lamb Chop show for kids. I don't know what that means, yeah. and I'm happy about That's that. That's right. Walk away from it. All right. So you can find me on Twitter at Bad Deacon and my friend Paul here on Twitter at Who's Paul. That's a place where we say things on uh, the social media usually. If you found this episode, you know where to find more. So find more. You can listen to the first half of this series there. And that's it. We'll see you next time. Thank you.